intended for a mature audience only and may contain harsh language, trans fats, live nudes, and derogatory comments about your mother. Those who are easily offended or have no sense of humor are encouraged to turn off the show now. Parental discretion is advised. My enemies are many. My equals are none. They fear me like a force of nature, a dealer in thunder and death. Death! Death! I say, death! I am... I'm guessing one of the cats or something must have jumped on this thing at some point because all of my audio are way off. All right. I've actually spent the last five minutes going through here trying to fix the board the way it was. Anyways, folks, you are listening to the Emperor's Court here on AlphaGeekRadio.com. I am your host, the Emperor, joined in studio by no one today. As Lou is fighting off a sore throat and is sick, uh, obviously Hawkeye is still... Uh, MIA, at least until he can get a job, that deadbeat. Although he was able to join us for the Indians game, I noticed. And obviously, Bast is still doing nights, although that may be changing here in the very near future as she goes job hunting. Anyway, so folks, you have just me again uh, for the show. My apologies for that. I'm hoping to get my entire panel back here sooner rather than later, but you know how that goes. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we do have stuff to get to this evening. I have articles. I have stories. I have a lot to cover because we have not been together now in over a week. Uh, the last couple of shows were uh, tape delayed, uh, obviously because of the playoffs going on and the fact Mystic Mim was out of country, but she's back now. Hooray. One of the first things that she did actually when we got home was I immediately had to start looking for something called Thatcher's Gold. Now, for those people who are living in England, you probably know what this is already. For those of us in the States, not so much. Had to sneeze. <laughs> apparently, it's some kind of hard apple cider that she really likes. And apparently, they do sell it here in the States. But I spent a good chunk of the weekend, and I could not find it. Uh, Tsunami Mike, oddly enough, uh, Eve's husband was able to find it for me in New York. So I'm probably going to have to order this thing, and I wonder how expensive it's really going to be. Anyways, folks, if you happen to be around and we haven't done a live show in about a month, you can join me. Uh, we are in uh, irc.courtkillers.com. We are in channel Emperor's Court. You can also hit us up on Twitter, at Emperor's Court. 
We do have the Facebook, but I do not check it during the uh, show, so you're out of luck there. Anyway, so let's get down to it. Uh, stories. What have I been up to since last we were together? Well, unless you've been living under a rock or don't live in this country, uh, you know that the Cleveland Indians are in the playoffs. My beloved baseball team, keeping the year of Cleveland going. Nobody gave them a shot in hell of winning in the first round against the much more high-powered Boston Red Sox, or so all the national media pundits were to be believed. In fact, the Indians beat reporter, our very own our, uh, media, did not give them a chance. In fact, Paul Hoynes, the beat reporter for Cleveland.com and the Plain Dealer, wrote them off saying that they had absolutely no chance that their postseason was over before it ever began. Now, this is a man who claims to have 30-some years of baseball experience following this team. To make that kind of comment, and I jumped all over him at the time, and a lot of people, other people did too, is beyond irresponsible. It's beyond unprofessional. It's pathetic. And the reason why I said all this is because we've had key injuries to our pitching. We had two guys go down in the top of our rotation. Our MVP uh, center fielder was gone for the whole season. He's gone for last year, too. So in his estimation, we had absolutely no chance in this postseason. We weren't going to win shit. Well, funny that we uh, won all first all three of the games against the Red Sox. We swept them. This is the best of five series. We won two here in Cleveland. I was at both of them, and I'll give you that rundown in a minute. And we won one in Boston. And we didn't just beat them by a little bit. We beat them by a whole lot. And we did it with some gutsy pitching. Andrew Miller is a filthy animal. I don't know if he's from this. Uh, hang on. Stop the script. Just close it. Oh, this computer sucks. I don't know if he's from this planet or not, but the guy is just wicked. So I'm very timely hitting. So we've done very well. So we advance to the American League Championship Series. Winner of this series will go on to play in the World Series. Now, again, the national media has lined up across the board saying that the Cleveland Indians have absolutely no chance of beating a much more high-powered Toronto Blue Jays offense. Uh, funny that. We've won the first two games. We shut them out in the first one. We beat them 2-1 in the second yesterday. We're up two games to none as we head to Toronto tomorrow night for the next three. It's a best-of-seven series. Whether or not the Indians advanced the World Series at this point becomes irrelevant because the team has already proven they are far better than anybody gave them a, a prayer to be. Anybody gave them a chance to be. Again, behind gutsy pitching, Corey Kluber, Josh Tomlin, who, by the way, I actually have one of his game gloves in my collection. One of the ones he actually used when he was in the minor leagues. I've got it. I think, in fact, I think I tweeted it out yesterday, if you follow me. So, once again, it is Cleveland against the world. And obviously, we're very hyped to go ahead and watch this thing. The TV ratings here in Cleveland are through the roof. Everybody's wearing tribe gear. It's a whole different atmosphere than with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because with the Cavs, with all of the people on that team, that is a stacked team. You expect them to be in the finals every single year. Especially when your best player happens to be the best player in the world, LeBron James. The Cleveland Indians is a different story. This is a story 
of Destiny. It is a story of a team that has had one adversity after another. From a horrible road schedule to key injuries to two of their three best pitchers, their uh, season-ending injury to their center fielder, our third pitcher for this series cut his hand on his drone two days ago, required stitches, and had to be pushed back a day. So he's going tomorrow with a cut on his pitching hand, and we're hoping that doesn't affect anything. But he's our number four guy normally against the Blue Jays, which one through nine is an all-star at every position. That's a heavy-hitting team, by the way, and we've held them to one run in two games, and that's embarrassing to them. One thing after another, this is a team effort. A team effort. Baseball is not like basketball, all right, where you can just put one guy on there and all of a sudden, you know, you're going to win all these games. It doesn't work that way. Football, same thing. You can't just pull a, plug a quarterback in there or a running back and all of a sudden you've got yourself an offense. It doesn't work that way. Your best player in the world, if you put it on a baseball team, if he's a hitter, he's going to bat once out of every nine guys. If he bats four times in a game, that's pretty normal. If he's a pitcher, he's going to pitch once every five days. So, what? 162-game schedule. He's going to pitch once every fifth day. Baseball's a team. If you don't have a team pulling together, you're not going to win. And that's what the Indians have in spades. This is a team that rallies together. (laughs) So I'm very excited. Uh, As I mentioned, I had gotten tickets to the American League uh, Division Series, the LDS, against the Red Sox. Uh, I had tickets to games one and two because the first two games were in Cleveland. We had home field advantage. We have home field advantage for the ALCS as well, but the ticket prices were high for the ALDS. They were doubled for the ALCS. Where we wanted to sit was about 120 bucks a ticket, not including a processing fee, not including a convenience fee, and not including a fee to print them off yourself. You can either pay to print them off, pay to pick them up at the will call. So you're paying either way. They're squeezing you every way they can. And the only way to buy these things was online. You couldn't go to the ticket the ticket office, the ticket booth at the stadium and get them. They would not have been there. So they kind of have you over a barrel. But it pisses you off. So the $120 ticket ends up being about $143 per ticket. I paid 80 bucks with the fees for the ALDS series. So too rich for my blood. Can't pay for it. When the World Series comes up, if we make the World Series, and it'll either be the Cubs or the Dodgers, and I say this, I'll call my shot, although I've been saying it for about... All right, I have no idea where this thing cut out. I don't know why the stream is acting up the way it is. My apologies, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not entirely sure where we left off. I was saying something about the Cubs and the Indians saying that it was going to be the most watched series of all time, if it in fact makes it. Now, first, we've got to beat the Blue Jays twice more. The Cubs have to make it past the Dodgers. We'll get to that. I will say the Indians, this is very interesting. The Indians have the sixth lowest payroll in the major leagues. Of all the teams that made the playoffs this season, all of them were within the top ten. We're not even close. But again, this goes to that situation where you have a team pulling together. In baseball, that's important. Basketball, less so. Yeah, this computer's a piece. Uh, 
But I got to put everything on hold. I can't build the Omnisaw and move Whopper over here. Not for a while yet. It's unfortunate, but that's the way it goes. Oh. All right. Well, perhaps I should just get to my stories and get on with it. Perhaps this is the Internet's way of saying, we don't care about you bloviating about baseball, Imp. Nobody cares. Fine. Speaking of money, uh, patrons, I put up a show this past Wednesday, about 50 minutes, uh, about history, political correctness, and Columbus Day. I know a couple of you have listened to it. Uh, A couple of you actually said you enjoyed it and agreed with me. Good to know. Adrian, need my Kangas Khan. (laughs) I don't think he he actually plays Pokemon, though. All right. Uh, I don't know why this is throwing these errors, but... It's a nice day here, actually, in Cleveland. It was almost 80 today. It's going to be almost 80 again tomorrow. I think the good weather's here through Tuesday, and then it takes a nosedive into the crapper again. Let me actually go for another walk tonight because i got to tell you, i got a lot of pent-up energy. Sitting here doing this isn't helping. Burris Court. I'm getting back into IRC, so I'm going to have to put these two back together. Because uh, I'm gonna have two broken halves of the, of the show, and I, I will get them back together. Just, so this may go up a couple days later than normal. Do you want to allow this to make changes to your PC? No. I just wanted to open. I don't need it to do anything else. I, I tell you. Okay. <sighs> what the hell is this? Now it's just acting all weird. All right. That there, this here. I get back into my email. All right. So I got tickets to the ALDS, the American League Division Series, where the Cleveland Indians took on the Boston Red Sox. And I had six tickets for each game. You can get eight. I only bought six. Because trying to get eight people to sit together in one or two rows is very difficult when the game sells out in less than 10 minutes. There's only 37,000 seats, ladies and gentlemen. At least a third of those are gone because of uh, season ticket holders. There's another giant chunk gone in promotions for VIPs, things at uh, contests and what have you. And then the rest are done. There's another chunk for pre-sale, which is people like me, and then to the regular dirty masses, which go on sale to the public a couple days later. I am not one of you peasants. I buy mine an exclusive uh, kind of offer because I'm a super fan and they like me more than they like you. My money spends better. Don't get take it personally. It's just the way it is. Get yourself a job, make some money, go to these games, be a player. That's what I do. <sighs> Having said that, so... Monday's lineup, although I, did, I will say this, and when I went in 07, I went to all the games, the American League Division and Championship Series. Is, 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 is. I had people blowing up my phone, beating down my front door, trying to get tickets. Not so much this time. I had to pull teeth uh, to, fix, uh, to uh, fill up those last one or two tickets for each day. So the first day, it was me, Lulu. Mystic Mim was pissed because she was extended an extra week in England meaning she did not get back in time for the games. She didn't get back until Friday evening. There was a game Thursday night and a game Friday afternoon, so she missed them both. So I ended up having to fill that ticket, which I had not anticipated. But I digress. 
So I went. Lulu went. This is on Thursday night. Uh, my friend Dino went. Uh, my father actually went. Hawkeye and his stripper girlfriend went. Hawkeye is fun to watch in a game. I like going to games with him because he's in it from the minute we get there until the minute we leave. And he wasn't even drunk. I think he had like a beer. But I tell you, he was on his feet the whole time. In fact, the, the chick sitting behind him said, my God, you're tall. He's like, I don't know, I'm like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, I know, but you're just tall. Well, I can sit down. She said, no, because I still can't see over your head. Because she was short. She was like, I don't know, five foot, five foot one. Like Cleelu's size. She's like, look, Cleelu, what are you, like 4'4"? Four, 4'5", four? Four something like that? I think, yeah. You hear nothing? It's going. And restart it. Because it shows it's working. It shows it's recording. I'm a little concerned now that I'm just talking to myself. This isn't actually working. Usually I want to make fun of Cleo. She jumps right down my throat since she hasn't done that yet. Ah, there we go. Fuck you. All right, so it is working because she heard me. All right. That's good. Now, she must be sitting on like five books just to get up high enough to see the monitor at her house. But that's okay because clearly she can see it and I'm guessing she can hear it. You ever seen like a like a really small midget with a bad disposition carrying around like a rolling pin? That's kind of her. Hotter, but her. She claims she's four foot eleven. Uh, I think we should get the tape measure after the show. We'll measure you. I can hear you, obviously. Okay, we'll see. That's uh, that's how I know. That's how I make sure that the audio is working. I piss you off. I wait for the reaction. If I get one, I know it's working. If I don't. Then either I got away with it, you're AFK, I didn't insult you enough, or this isn't working. Clearly, it is. Aww, she says I'm awesome. Guys, I really wish you were in IRC so you could see all the nice things she's saying about me. She she really is a classy lady. Well, thank you, Cleela. Those are very, very kind words. Nothing but compliments from that woman for me. And can you blame her? I'm a little concerned because I keep seeing a rotating blue circle on my screen, and I'm wondering what is updating. Da, 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 da. Anyway, so, yeah, this woman's like Cleelu's size. She's like, I don't know, basically barely four feet, maybe 3'11". But she can't see over over Hawkeye's head. Now, keep in mind, we're in the back row of the mezzanine section. She is standing up because they're behind us there's a, a long... Uh, kind of like a uh, like a bar, you, a bar stool, or, or, or uh, sorry, a bar you can stand on and put your food on. So great seats, phenomenal seats. I was I had the exact same seats in the exact same section for both games. It was great. So we're there, and I thought Lulu was she was hoarse by the sixth inning, and I thought she was going to have a, a nervous meltdown right there because it was a back and forth game. We pulled ahead late. I think we won what five to four. And I, she literally, literally was biting her nails off. She had none left by the time the game was over. But it was the crowd was wild. It was loud. It was exciting. It was it was really, really pumped up from the from the first pitch until the last. So we walk away with a win, an exhausting win. Then the fun part comes of trying to get out of the stadium. 
and actually get into your car and make it home. It took, we got out, the game ended around midnight. It was an 8 o'clock game, which was stupid. We didn't get home until about 1.30. So then I had to quickly get to bed. I had to start work at 6, at 6 a.m., get on my laptop, working from home, because the next game started at 4.30. 4.30 on a Friday. Stupid, I know. Right in the middle of rush hour in a major city, by the way. So I get off at 2.30, get off work, race downtown, have the tickets on me, because then I've got to meet, because Lulu, I gave her a ticket before she left for work. So she's got hers. My buddy Jim and his wife were coming down there. I had to meet them. Legal Tender was coming from work, and then Varyar was leaving from work. So they were going to meet me there. Unbeknownst to me, Legal Tender didn't go to work. The fucker went to the casino and had been there for hours on end. So he's like, yeah, I'm over at the casino. Why don't you just meet me over there? I say, because the casino's on the other side of Cleveland. I got to walk all the way over to the stadium and meet everybody else to get their tickets. Well, Varyar, unfortunately, got caught in traffic, and then he couldn't find a place to park because, you know, it's Varyar. And being there an hour early would be difficult. Now, in his defense, he was coming from work, and the whole thing was pretty hilarious. So I get over to, to you know the stadium, and my buddy Jim had already got stopped and got his tickets uh, the day before. So he's going. Uh, Lou's got her tickets. So then I'm just waiting for legal tender, and I'm waiting for Varyar. So legal tender comes on over for the casino because he was playing uh, Texas Hold'em. So he gets there. And then we're just waiting for Varyar. He gets there about 10 minutes to game start. So we get through this uh, security, race up there, we get in our seats, uh, and actually on our way we had to stop the National Anthem, so we get in our seats, get our food, and we're sitting there, and again, it's it's 4.30 in the afternoon, it's about an 80 degree day, the sun, unfortunately, because I had not thought of it, I normally go to night games, I don't normally go to afternoon games, it's still in the, it's still in the, sun, uh, still in the sky, and it's right in front of us, it is blazing fucking hot. Lulu did not listen to me when I told her that morning. It was supposed to be very warm. So she wears, because she was thinking, all right, it's gonna, the temperature's going to drop and the sun goes down. We're right on the lake. It's going to be colder. It's October. <laughs> no. She wears long sleeve shirt and long, uh, she wears uh, like jeans. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. They were like uh, leggings. Because the night before... She got cold, and she was wearing jean shorts. So she ran down. The, yeah, this is Thursday night. She runs down the team shop, buys a $75 pair of Cleveland Indians leggings, puts them on, comes back to the seat. Well, then Friday rolls around. Now she's in the sunlight the whole time. She's roasting her balls off. She had any. So she goes down to the team shop, buys a T-shirt for like 30 bucks. Stops a guy, some vendor who's walking by with a pair of scissors, borrows the pairs of scissors, and she was wearing these. They weren't the Indian's leggings she had just bought. They're a cheapy pair. Cuts the leggings off around the knee and makes them into shorts. Comes back to the seat. I'm like, so you went and bought another shirt and then ruined a pair of leggings because you wouldn't listen. Well, I got to wear a long sleeve. I got a tattoo on my arm. I said, fine. Then take clothes with you to change at work. Because she's only like five, six blocks from the stadium. She could have changed clothes, thrown them in the car, walked over to the stadium. Nope. Nope. Never that simple. I mean, I do give her credit for the cleverness of, you know, cutting her leggings off and then rolling them up to make them look like shorts. It worked. It was still hotter than hell. And, of course, legal tender being the vampire that he is, bitching the whole time. Like, why couldn't we get seats on the other side of the stadium? 
So, I don't know, why don't you wake up early one day, you go when they go on pre-sale, and you buy them next time. But I tell you what, I didn't have to put legal tender in his place. God decided to do that for me. For you see, throughout the game, we noticed that there must have been a bird above us because it kept on pooping on the first two rows in front of us. We thought this was hilarious. About the sixth inning, all of a sudden, legal tender who's sitting next to me goes, Ah, oh, motherfucker! Oh, man! And I look over him. I said, What? And there's this giant glob of bird poop in his hair. It was right above him, crapping all over him. Unfortunately, I started laughing. He's like, yeah, asshole, look at your jersey. I was collateral damage. It had pooped on my jersey. So it hit his head, splashed onto my jersey. I was less than thrilled. Lulu and Voyar laughing their ass off. Just laughing. Because both of them are real nice people. (laughs) So, legal tender has to go to the bathroom, wash out his hair. I had to get something to clean off my jersey. It wasn't that big a deal on my jersey. It mainly got him in the head. So, Voyer decides he's going to go for a smoke, So because he did that a couple times. And he's gone for like, I don't know, a, a full inning, almost like 25 minutes. Like, what the fuck happened to Matt? So, we're getting ready to go up and go find him, and he finally comes back, and he sits down. He's got this real nasty look in his face. So, what the hell happened to you? He's like, oh, I went for a smoke said, I know that. You usually don't come back looking that mad. No, I ran into some Red Sox fans over at the gate. I know where this is going. I said, okay. And I checked my phone. I said, you didn't text us, so obviously you didn't need us. Like, no, it didn't get that far, but it was headed that way. And he goes on to explain that they, these two drunk Red Sox fans were giving the, the lady at the gate a hard time. And, you know, Voyar has had no alcohol. He doesn't drink anymore. He's like me. He's a... He's a, well, not a teetotaler because he smokes, but anyways, he doesn't drink. So he was there having a smoke, and he, you know, eventually he's had enough, and he steps and says, why don't you guys leave the lady alone? It's this old lady. And, of course, they start jawing at him, and he just kind of sits there and lets him jaw, and I guess they say, oh, you want to go? You, you want you want to start? And he said, well, no, I don't, but I will. And I guess it kind of went down that path until security showed up, and I guess they kind of started behaving themselves and stopped jawing at Varyar. So he's telling us all this. I'm like, wow, that's quite the story. I mean, Legal Tender and I were sitting there. We, In fact, Jim was there, so we all could have come down. It would have taken us five minutes to get down the steps, cross the stadium to the gate, but we could have. Like, no, no. They they got a lot less, uh, a lot more friendly when the security showed up. So there was that. I did see a fist fight in the, re- in the men's room. Nothing to do with me. Uh, I'll lean up between two Red Sox fans, which I didn't get. I wasn't there when it started. I did, however, watch it to its conclusion, which was two drunk guys trying to throw punches. One guy hit him in the shoulder. One guy hit him in the ribs, and that was about it. Then they, one guy slipped and fell, and the other guy walked into a trash can. And by that time, I guess, I don't know, I walked out because I didn't want to get in the middle of it. Then there was, right before the game ended, this is, I'm sorry, on Thursday, this happened. Uh, and we kind of looked up, and Lulu gets very nervous when she sees things like this. There was a Red Sox fan who was not happy they were losing in the eighth inning, so he starts scrapping with an Indians fan who is much taller than he is, and they're kind of shoving each other and yelling, and this is literally on the concourse behind us because we're in the back row on on the mezzanine. And it's going back and forth, back and forth, and eventually security shows up, but 
Lulu, of course, was spun up into a circle because she doesn't want to be near two big guys fighting. I don't know why she thought she would be involved. She was in a row of seats, kind of separated from them. Kind of mild if you've ever been to a Browns game. It's nothing in comparison. Those people fight all the time. In Browns fans' defenses, however, you have to be drunk to watch a Browns game, and there's really nothing else to do at a Browns game except fight somebody else. Ah, Umamore has shown up. Looks like Artemis kept on disconnecting, so... Welcome, Umamore, another short woman. All you ladies are short, every one of you. Epic Lurker is here. Surprise, we're live. Yes, I know we haven't been alive in almost a month, but hooray. For those just tuning in, we've had some technical issues. Lulu is sick, and is not on the air this evening, and Hawkeye is still poor without a job. So Thursday was a much, or sorry, Friday was a much different game. We blew them out 6 nothing. It was never in doubt. Couple home runs. It was great. So we had a great time. Uh, so we all went. We decided. All right, we're going to go and get something to eat. Jim had to, had to run out because he had a tournament Friday night. He had three games. He had a game at uh, what? A game at eight. Game at nine. Game at ten. It's for softball. So he leaves. So we're all going to go over to Flannery's. But legal tender's like, nah. I'm going to go back to the casino. So he splits off. He goes back to the casino. So now it's just Varya, myself, and Lulu. <coughs> Try to go to Flannery's. They're closed because they have a private party. A private party on a night with the Indians in town for the playoffs. Dumb move, Flannery's. Dumb move. So, of course, we wind up over at the Tilted Kilt, which I have not been there since uh, Lady Mia worked there, and that's been a couple years. A place is mobbed. You can't move. The fire marshal shows up. Oh, yeah, Umar, go Cubs. Yeah, go Cubs. Go away. Although I am rooting for them to beat the Dodgers. Fuck the Dodgers. Not that the Cubs don't spend a whole lot of money on their payroll, but the Dodgers have the second or third largest payroll in, the, in MLB. So we finally get a table. But I, and I will say this. The food is awful. But you're not going to tilt to kill if you're going for food. That's for sure. The talent, on the other hand, was absolutely amazing. There's not an ugly waitress in that place. Every single one of them is just hot as hell. Unlike the Hooters in Baltimore that we go to every year, that place is trash heap. Sorry, ladies. Although I doubt any of you are listening. You are all fugly. The kill tilt to kill in Cleveland, not that. It does not have that issue. They are all hot. Every one of them. Black, white, Hispanic, doesn't matter. There's an Asian chick there. All of them hot. Food's terrible. Rather have better food. Not going to hit on the waitresses, and I'm not about to ask any more of them if they'll go ahead and be on the show. That worked for one. Not going to do another one. Uh, Kalilo takes a... What? Posts a picture of herself... She was at the AFSP Out of the Darkness Cleveland Walk on Saturday and got a pick with the NBA trophy. Bitch. The one year I don't do the uh, suicide prevention walk. <laughs> wow. What's it like to know the trophy is as tall as you are? Was that intimidating at all? To know that a trophy and an inanimate object is bigger than you? I'm just curious. <laughs> 
Very cool, though, by the way. Were you tempted to just grab it and run? Because I think I would be. If I was taking a picture with one of the championship trophies, whether the NBA trophy or the Lombardi trophy or the MLB, I think I would just grab it and run. Kind of like that scene in Ocean's Eleven where they explain how all these different people robbed casinos and how far they actually got in the casino before they got loose and then they got caught. I'm guessing I could probably make it about 30 or 40 feet just by the surprise alone. Like, who are the odds that somebody would grab the trophy and try and run off with it? <laughs> but a very cool charity and a very cool picture there, Kalilo. So well done. No, I don't think Kalilo needed to have a bike to ride to catch up with everybody else. I think she walked like a normal person. <laughs> she says her cousin was tempted to steal it. I would be too. I really would. Like, wow, I wonder how heavy this thing is. Huh. I wonder if I can lift it. Yeah, I can lift it. I wonder if I can run with it. Well, I guess I'm already running. Now let's see how far we can get. <laughs> Hop onto the rapid. Right off to like the Brook Park station. Get off. Throw, throw them off the scent. Just take off. Have a, a citywide APB put out for you. <laughs> so yes some shenanigans going on but I'm very pumped for baseball and the uh, next game is tomorrow evening and it is in Toronto which is a very loud place it's, it's a dome there's about 50 some thousand people in there then show up all season for the Blue Jays but they're going to be showing up for the playoffs so this is going to be rough but I have confidence nobody else did but I do. Kilio said she did walk. She's still feeling it. It was a 5K, you lazy butt. You need to walk more. Get a treadmill. I can sell you one. We have them. Anyways. So when the World Series comes up, if it comes up, if we make it, I will be buying World Series tickets. That's my goal, anyways. Never been to a World Series. We've only had two in my lifetime here in Cleveland. We were over at Wade Oval, not close enough to jump on a rapid. Well, you know, again, it's not like you, again, you went Ocean's Eleven, you had a plan going into it. I don't think you planned on having a picture taken with the NBA trophy. So you improvise, you get it. Maybe you lateral it to your, to your husband, let him run one way. And then he laterals it to another friend and, you, you know, you play keep away from the guards. Or more, you're all old. 5K is nothing. I know that. I do a 5K every night when I do my walks. I have to. I hatch eggs. Fuck Pokemon, by the way. That new update, man, they put the screws to people. If you ride a bus to work or the rapid, you are fucked. Essentially, the for one, they put in a new security function, which uh, stopped all the uh, trackers, the fast poke map and all those. Then they put in one a couple nights ago. That prevents you, if you're walking, riding a bike or whatever, over five miles an hour, you are no longer able to find any Pokemon on your tracker. You know, the little thing in the bottom right-hand corner, that the one part they didn't remove, that shows you, you know, what Pokemon are at least in the area. Umamore, if the Cubs are playing the Indians, you are taking me with you. I'm not about to bring a Cubs fan into Jacobs Field. I don't care how hot you are. No. 
I will take you to Jacobs Field. I will leave you at the gate so you can hear all the cheering. And you know when we score runs, and then I will pick you up after the game, and you can walk with the rest of us back to our car, but you're not going in the stadium. Sorry. Go to Wrigley. You have a field. That's interesting. Wrigley, Wrigley Field doesn't have any lights. They don't play any night games. They're not gonna, MLB is not going to stand for them playing uh, uh, afternoon games for World Series. They're going to have to put lights in there. Look at Uma Moore. First she insults me, gives me shit. Now she wants me to take her to the World Series. Get in line, Buttercup. Had to find my buddy Jim and his wife to go to the game just to fill up the uh, uh, tickets to the LDS. My guess is I won't have as hard a time finding people to go to the World Series. And yes, I had thought about scalping tickets to pay for the computer, but I'd rather go to the games with friends than make a few bucks off of it. Fuck you, Cubs will win. There's Hondo. Cubs got to make it that far first. They got to get past the Dodgers. You got to get past Kershaw and the boys, so I wouldn't get too excited. And for the same deal, we got to get past the Blue Jays, which, again, although we're up two games to none, it's not going to be that simple. I'm sure we're not going to sweep them. I'd be surprised if we did. I have us winning in six, and I did going into the series. Because I imagine if we win... If we win either today or Monday or Tuesday, you'll see Corey Kluber go in Game Five. Or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Game Five. I don't think that we'll hold him back for Game Six in Cleveland, because if you have to, you can send him in Game Five. Well, shit, I'll tell you. Okay, here's the scenario: if the Indians win tomorrow night on Monday, I would not be surprised if Terry Francona throws Kluber in Game Four, and I'll tell you why. Because we're up three games to none. You throw your ace pitcher, your best pitcher, on short rest. And the hopes he gives you five strong innings. If you do, use up your bullpen and try and go for that win. Okay? If it doesn't work out, you then have four days rest. And you can pitch him on game seven if you have to. Your best pitcher can go here in Cleveland in a deciding game seven. And you can pitch him on full rest. That's what I would do. And Terry Francona right now has made some pretty good moves as far as uh, pitching, using up people, you know, when he has to, and not when you know holding him in reserve until you know to shut out a game, to shut the door. Umar says that's because Wrigley's in the middle of a residential area. I don't give a shit. Send in the police, clear all the people out of that residential area, block it off, tell them there's a plague, tell them there's a toxic spill for the next ten days while the World Series is going on. Get him the hell out of there. Install some lights and play the World Series. They haven't been to a World Series in 30-some years. They haven't won one in over 100, almost 110 because of that goddamn billy goat. You know, if you had thought about it then, you shouldn't have kicked the billy goat out of the stadium back in 45. Should have just let the guy keep it there. So lots going on. I was pissed off to find out that uh, Hawkeye, because he has been unemployed, has been playing Pokemon a great deal. He's level 32. He's got like nine Dragonites. He just keeps conquering all these gyms. I haven't seen a Dragonite, let alone uh, caught one. And that fucker's got nine of them. (laughs) Buckeyes had a thrilling win last night in overtime, no less. They played like shit through most of the first three and a half quarters. 
Then they turned it on to, they you know turned off the suck and started playing like they should have been the fourth quarter. Came back, forced overtime, and won it in overtime. So good job, Buckeyes. It was a good weekend for Cleveland sports. And finally, J.R. Smith is returning to the Cavaliers. We signed him to a four-year contract with a option for a fifth, which is good because I was starting to worry about J.R. Smith. He got, like, season tickets to the Indians. He's been at all the Indians games. He was at the Buckeye game last week. He's been all over town. I mean, the guy hasn't left. He's been here just waiting to sign. So I'm glad they finally got that put away. I know we're way over the luxury cap. Don't care. Glad to see him back here. But all the Cavaliers were there on Friday because LeBron came out and gave a big speech before the game started about how it's us versus them or us versus the world. And Now keep in mind, the last time LeBron James went to see an Indians playoff game, he was there with a Yankee cap on because we were playing the Yankees. He was representing the Yankees, and we booed him out of the stadium as we slaughtered the Yankees in 07. It was ugly. It was the year Kenny Lofton came back. Kenny King. So it was nice to see him out there. All the Cavaliers had a loge. Then they were there again on yesterday. They had a loge, and they were all at the game, whooping it up for the Indians. So the year of Cleveland continues. Umar says, fine, we'll just play at Comiskey Park because that will go over well. You could play at Kaminsky Park. It's just a quick run through gang turf. So if you can shoot it out with the, the Crips and the Bloods to get there, then, yeah, I suppose. Of course, the whole thing smells like a White Sox team. It's a garbage place. At any rate. So, we've got articles. We've got stuff to talk about. Not sure how many people downloaded last week's show, but if you did, you know I'm in some kind of a funk when it comes to uh, video games. I have not really played anything that has grabbed my attention uh, recently. I am Tuesday going to see, and right now I think it's just me, unless I think Lulu's going and... Uh, maybe some others. We're going to go see that new Godzilla movie, the uh, Shin Godzilla, the new Japanese one. It's on a limited release here in the States, and there's two places nearby that are playing it through Wednesday. So I will be going Tuesday. I will have a report for you next week. From the Huffington Post, 17 Halloween costumes for when dignity is overrated. Creepy clowns don't need to be sexy, too. Halloween is a time when people can be something they're not, unless, of course, they're weird. There is no way those people can ever be normal. Seems this year a lot of people want to be sexy. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Uh, Side note, host side note. I have yet to see in my adult life a Halloween that did not have a bunch of sexy costumes. If you're a chick who's even remotely attractive, you're going to dress like a slut. It's like the the one holiday you're allowed to get away with it, publicly. And everybody loves you for it. So this is not really a, much of a shock. But I, okay, back to the article. But these costume choices may make that a challenge. Okay, I'm interested. A sexy Scooby Doo, maybe. A sexy cat in the hat, perhaps. A sexy acorn tree with a squirrel puppet in the crotch. 
As is usual, but not normal, the Huffington Post Weird News has collected some of the strangest, weirdest, and most tasteless Halloween merchandise. There's the sexy Scooby-Doo. Okay, if this chick's wearing it, I see nothing wrong with it. One of the best Halloween traditions involves destroying childhood memories by adding blatant sexuality to beloved childhood characters. Kind of like when Kalilu dressed up as a sexy Pikachu. I remember her talking about that. Case in point. A very special present. It's a guy dressed up in a pinstripe kind of robe with a giant Christmas present over his Johnson. Because it's a package. Get it? Drooper's Waitress. And it's a guy wearing giant fake boobs hanging out underneath a what is a, a bad rendition of a Hooters shirt and shorts. Okay. Turn me on. It's a giant light switch that says turn me on that you wear it like a vest and then you flip the switch and it turns you on. Interesting. Let's see. Want to see my nuts costume. The guy is dressed up as a tree, has a squirrel coming out of a hole in the tree, which happens to be over his crotch. And then there's a sign around his neck that says, want to see my nuts. Bloody toilet paper. Uh, Okay. Moving on. Adult inflatable baby costume. It looks like a giant inflatable fat suit, kind of like a sumo suit, except where you would normally have like the, uh, I don't know, the thong that the sumo wrestler wears. It is, in fact, a diaper. Sexy cat in the hat. Actually, that's pretty normal. It's a cat in the hat, except it's got a skirt. It's like a mini skirt. It's all kind of fluffed out. Shape's kind of hot. The floating dead rubber duck. Why would human zombies have fun, have all the fun? This zombie-themed rubber duck shows we need to fear the floating dead as well. Man in tub costume. So basically, it's a guy without a shirt on, and then he's walking around with a giant inflatable tub around his waist down to his shins toilet costume same thing it's a giant vest the guy is wearing and then it sticks out in front of him and it's a toilet seat these are not sexy trump wall costume it's basically a zip suit that says mexico will pay and then it's got all these lines looks like a brick wall on it sexy cow costume I'm in the mood. Oddly enough, there are no udders, and that's an awfully short skirt. I don't know about cow, but you can certainly see cat if she moves any way, you know, left or right. Giant schnoz mask. It's a giant mask that you wear that looks like a giant nose. Bro white. For the cross-dressing snow white uh, person, I imagine, it's a guy wearing a snow white costume made for a man. Saving sawing wood doll animatronic. It's an animatronic that looks kind of like Pinocchio and he's sawing his own arm off. That's pretty creepy. Sexy, but still slightly creepy, slightly creepy clown. I will say this in order to wear any of these costumes, ladies, you've got to be like a size six or smaller. You really got to be in shape for these to work. Sexy Jack Skeleton. Skellington. Again, very hot chick wearing not a whole lot. I approve. Ladies, by and large, if you're going to get a costume where there's not a whole lot of, you know, clothing, you can't go wrong. 
I, I don't know anybody who dresses any of these either. But if they do, if anybody ends up buying them because of this show, I expect some kind of kickback. Mohawk wig typically worn by extras in bad 1980s action comedies. It's kind of like what you think a uh, the punk mohawk from the 80s punk scene. So there you go. So I'd say there's three or four in there, sexy costumes for ladies. The rest of them can go fuck themselves. That's a good find. I like that. That was fun. Shin Godzilla reminds America that Japan is still better at this. Well, no kidding. You know what? Not that the Godzilla, the, the 2014 legendary Godzilla movie was not bad. Liked it. It was fun. It was good. I Godzilla was in it for less than 10 minutes of a two-hour movie, which I had a problem with. And supposedly they're going to fix that in the new one coming out, which I think is in the next year, 2017. But I'm looking forward to Shin Godzilla because now we're getting back to basics. We're getting back to roots. You know, these people in IRC and only two people are talking. Kalila, wasn't it the sexy Pikachu you had like three or four years ago you wore? Wasn't that, is that what I'm thinking of? So more of these, which one are you going to wear? You have to pick one. One out of 17, what's it going to be? If you had to pick gun to your head, which one would it be? And don't say one of the, you know, the male costumes, because that's just weird. Figures, the one time we don't have the two ladies on the panel to ask. Cleo says, yes, it was the sexy Pikachu she wore. See? Ruining children's childhoods while entertaining the rest of us. All right. Umar must have set the way for a drink or she's not playing along. We'll continue on. From geek.com. I will be seeing this myself on Tuesday. Umar says, nothing. I'm not dressing up for Halloween. I just said, you dumb twit. If I put a gun to your head and you had to wear one, which one would it be? Didn't say you were going to. Again, this is what happens when the two women on the panel aren't here and I am forced to rely on the women in IRC. One of them's playing along. The other one is fighting tooth and nail not to bother. Shin Godzilla, which means new Godzilla, I believe, which translates to a few things, but for the purpose of the film is probably best Americanized as the true Godzilla, as this is the second time the Toho production company has rebooted their Godzilla franchise as a response to an American installment. Okay, I'm going to stop you there because that's not necessarily true. They did reboot it in 98 after that god-awful Roland Emmerich movie with uh, Matthew Broderick, which has been on TV this entire weekend, probably because of the other one being in theaters. Awful movie. But they said before they gave the rights to Legendary that they were going to be doing their own Godzilla movie. So that's not exactly surprising. No more since she has memory loss. The 1998 Roland Emmerich Godzilla led to Toho's Godzilla 2000, good movie, and a run of Godzilla films called the Millennium Series that culminated in 2014's Godzilla Final Wars, another good movie. I have all of them. The last Toho Godzilla movie until this year's due installment. The Millennium Series has no continuity between most of the installments, but features a similar Godzilla in all the movies. Shin Godzilla is undeniably a new beginning for the monster, 
And even though this is the third movie where Godzilla terrorizes Japan without another monster cameo, Shin Godzilla is a film worthy of the true Godzilla title. Like I said, we're going back to basics here, folks. Writer and co-director Hideki Anno, creator of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Well, there you go, folks. You're looking for some pedigree, some provenance behind this? Doesn't get much better than that if you're an anime fan. Delivers a tongue-in-cheek look at the Japanese political disaster response while presenting Godzilla as a perfect biological specimen that must be reckoned with if it cannot be stopped. Gareth Edwards' 2014 American Godzilla reintroduced the character as a monster that fought other monsters, while Anno takes the opposite approach. Shin Godzilla is the kind of creature that stands immobile, while dozens of tanks and helicopters light him up with everything they have. Not the version of the monster that anthropomorphized reaction shots to hint at what the beast is thinking. This makes sense if you watch the old uh, the original Godzilla movies, where the guy pretends to, oh, he's, he's reacting, so oh, he's kind of swiping away at the missiles and all that as they're hitting him. In the previous solo Godzilla films, the 1954 Godzilla King of the Monsters and 1984's Return of Godzilla, released in the States, it's Godzilla 1985, which just came out on Blu-ray. It has never been released on DVD or Blu-ray when it, since it, uh, its inception. I think it had a limited run in VHS, in 1985, it has not been seen since. It was that bad of a movie here in the States. The editing they put into it was absolutely atrocious. The humans bear the burden of keeping the plot interesting by thematically referencing political issues of the day. The first film uses Godzilla as a large lizard that replicates the devastation of an atomic bomb, irradiating all the land he walks on. Return of Godzilla tracks the international response to Japan's crisis as America and Russia argue about nuking the monster, despite the devastation it would cause the nation. Shin Godzilla smartly combines both of these approaches, but substitutes World War II's atomic bomb for the Fukushima meltdown and the 2011 tsunami in Tidal Wave. Interesting. Much of Shin Godzilla's runtime is devoted to peeking in on the uh, supervisory committees and bureaucracies of the Japanese political system as the debate courses of actions to submit for approval. Okay. Where this kind of goes on and on and on and on, we're going to skip ahead. So basically what it is is, uh, back in 54, the idea was we drop a bomb during the American uh, nuclear experimentation in the Pacific. We somehow are able to go ahead and mutate this this sleeping dinosaur from the old crustaceous period. It becomes Godzilla and rampages around until we blow it up. The new one apparently irradiates itself because of the Fukushima meltdown in 2011 with the earthquake and the tsunami. And then it kind of goes on a rampage, and then the guy is making fun of the Japanese political system because nobody can put their differences aside. Nobody wants to go on the record as having made a decision, and everybody kind of passes the buck around while this thing runs around killing people. Got it. Don't care. Don't care. As long as it's a giant monster, it breathes fire, and it blows the hell out of Japan, I'm all in. Look, I don't care if it blows up New York. I'm all in for that, too. Whatever. I'm rooting for the monster in this one. The hell with you humans. You don't like it? Come live in the Midwest. We don't have to worry about fucking Godzilla coming out of Lake Erie. It's not deep enough, and it's fresh water. <laughs> what else we got? <laughs> I am looking forward to it. I, I am a big Godzilla fan. I have been since I was a little, little kid. 
And there's only two Godzilla movies I did not own because they were not on DVD. Uh, obviously, with Godzilla 1985 now being out there, I have not gone to get it. But I know it's out there. Oh, my. Pardon my yawn. It's been a long week. I worked yesterday, like six hours. Which doesn't seem like a lot, but when you are working all day Friday, you go to bed, then you have to get up first thing at 6 o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning and work until noon. Yeah. Ubermore says it makes sense because the radiation from the Fukushima had contaminated almost all of the Pacific Ocean. West Coast had had devastating loss of life since 2011. I don't know that it actually hit us that hard. Um, I know around the area it, it was high, heavily irradiated. But my understanding was that it had really lost its punch by the time it got here. Omar says, and I'm going to write a story about the Lake Erie Godzilla right now. Okay. Well, I already beat you to it, kind of, Umamore. See, I started, and Voyeur and I were talking about this uh, at length a couple weeks ago, um, and I, I figured I'll throw it out there. What the hell? Over the last couple of years, I've kind of stopped and started one of four different stories, and none of them are kind of related to each other. Each one has a different theme. And one of the ones I had started was a... A kind of, well, again, I, I call them a book. You can call them fanfic, call whatever you want. The idea was it would be a novel-type size uh, that takes place in Larry Correa's Monster Hunter International series. Uh, and it takes place here in Cleveland as they're trying to stop someone who's looking to break Cleveland's curse. And by doing so, they inadvertently raise the dead. And then the sequel to that was going to be this same group in Cleveland that has to put down the Lake Erie Monster. And yes, here in Cleveland, we have had those legends, kind of like what like what uh, Loch Ness has with the Lake Erie monster. That was actually one of them I've been working on. So that you could have a Lake Erie Godzilla, kind of. Except mine was going to have it, you know, chilling out here in Cleveland and getting up and going and rampaging London, Canada across the lake. One more says, no, it has the California deal population deal population. Is declined stagnantly. Okay, I think you meant seal population, and I think it meant staggeringly. The whales aren't doing too well, and fisheries took a huge hit. Well, nobody cares about whales. We already saved them. So unless you're Norwegian or Japanese, who cares? <laughs> well, there you go. You can have an irradiated whale that attacks South Beach. Or, uh, South Beach. It's in Miami. Pick a beach in California and have it attack that. Have it rampage through San Diego. You want to talk about a population that won't do anything. California. What a waste of a state. Yes, I'm bitter. They have better weather than us. But I'm okay with it. Because here, we don't have earthquakes and mudslides, and wildfires, and blackouts, and riots, and the occasional hurricane, and droughts. Lake Michigan is deeper. It is deeper. Lake Superior is much, I think Lake Erie is the shallowest. I think Superior is the deepest, or at least the biggest. See that, people? Size does matter, at least a little more. Lake Michigan's deeper. Just saying. 
stretching. Just just dead air, I understand that. My apologies. I got to get the panel back. This sucks doing shows by myself. Nobody wants to hear me talk. I, I did this for the first four or five years I did radio. It was a solo show. Now, it was much more entertaining because I was calling matches. It was much more fun because there was action to for me to call, play-by-play and whatever. It's just not much fun doing this as an actual show show. I did that for my first uh, year over at Wild Radio, and meh. I much prefer having a panel. With you talking of Iyer, does that mean he's coming back on the show? No, I it, absolutely not. I have never brought it up. Hadn't planned on it. He hasn't brought it up. So, no. Doing just fine over there. Earthquakes are everywhere if you if we don't notice them, even if we don't notice them. Well, we don't have a fault line here in Ohio. So if we get like a four on the Richter, it makes the news. But again, don't care. Nothing's going to, there's not going to be an earthquake that we break away to float across Lake Erie over to Canada. California could break off and either sink or float over with Hawaii any day now. I don't know what anybody would think would mind either. I wouldn't. From PC Invasion. Steam Link on Samsung TVs. Steam users playing longer and more from Steve develop, Steam Developer Days. The Steam Dev Days is now underway in Seattle. And there are some bits and pieces of news to come out of the event so far. First up is the news that Steam Link will be integrated into new Samsung televisions. You will require a PC and a controller, but the hardware is being added by Samsung, which is good news for future Samsung TV owners, provided it doesn't blow up on you, because there's always that. Right now, Asia is the third largest market for Steam and growing rapidly. Believe it or not, Valve, they are seeing an increase in average time in played games uh, per user on Steam. I'm thinking that was written poorly. As Peter reported, controller configuration options to the DualShock 4 are coming and other controllers will get some similar support in the future. A new VR-type controller prototype is also teased along with the news that a new tracking base station, which they want to make as ubiquitous as Wi-Fi, will appear in 2017. Valve also also say that around 1,000 new VR users are being added every day, which is not a huge amount over the period of one year. Valve will also reveal new content next year, and they say that we, quote, will not be disappointed. Half-Life 3 confirmed. (laughs) And we'll see. Uh, The latter part of the day was offering handy advice to current and new developers to how to make a success of their games with tips such as make your games obviously fun and make the game for yourself. And don't make a game purely because the genre might be popular. We also have some advice for current and new developers. Don't make shit games and you might succeed. Wow, brilliant writing. Phenomenal in in-depth uh, analysis by PC Invasion. You can't see it, but I'm making jerk-off motions with my hands. Both of them. Both of them. A new Diablo or Diablo-like game coming from Blizzard. Yeah, I've heard this being rumored now for a few weeks. There, I, If I remember correctly, I'd heard a rumor that they were uh, shuffling developers and creators around internally off of various other projects and putting them on a new game. 
Because I don't think WoW's got many, much longer to go, to be honest. I think that it's pretty much done. I mean, they might try it out another expansion, but I, I'm guessing that'll be about it. And at some point, you just kind of stop and just let it go. I, I think you'll probably see WoW vanilla servers sooner rather than later, after all. You know, here's the storm. It, there's no huge expansion pack. You just keep releasing small things here and there. I don't give a shit about Overwatch. You know what? Get back to me when Warcraft 4 is announced. Because then I'll care. I'm not going to care until then. I don't. There's a lot of us waiting for Warcraft 4. I'd go back and play Warcraft 3 if there was a population enough that was worth it. But cheating is so rampant, there's no point. Yeah, Tom Shelton leaves new pro- new leaves for a new project over a blizzard. Yeah. Anybody get anything cool for a Swiss day? Here's the sexy Pikachu. I don't know that Pikachu was meant to have that kind of cleavage, uh, Cleelu. Don't think that, or leather pants for that matter. Oh, wait, that's not leather pants. What the hell is that? Leggings? Lightning bolt leggings. Okay, that's kind of funny. <laughs> My guess is you'll get a few more Twitter followers out of this out of this episode. <laughs> Hondo says, Vanilla, wow, will happen. There's too much money to be made. I agree. Hell, I might even play it again. I, I love playing the original version. I even liked it through the Burning Crusade. That's kind of where I lost my interest. It's kind of like World of War, uh, Ultima Online. I stopped playing after the New Age. I just I came back from Renaissance a, a briefly, but I didn't care for it. I much preferred playing the original. And World of Warcraft the same way. I mean, and they can even add in all the other stuff like Anchorage and, and uh, Stranglethorn Vane and all, or whatever that other one was. You can put in those extra instances. You don't have to release and bring it up by an entire expansion all the time. You know, the grind fest the original game was, I mean, it would take a long time to get a bunch of characters back up to level 60. From OddityCentral.com. Man tries to surprise wife with Pokemon plush toys and almost destroys his marriage to Jesus Christ. There's these three gigantic, as the name may imply, Snorlaxes this guy got. Huge plushy Snorlaxes. But the, you know, the size of like, like Kalilo. All right, all right, let me throw it out to the panel. If WoW got released tomorrow, a WoW Vanilla... How many of you would sign up for, like, an Emperor's Court guild? Horde side, no alliance. PvP-oriented. I think we can get enough people. I think we can get, like, 15, 20, 25 people to play on a regular basis. I would. What did I used to have? I used to have a hunter, and I used to have a mage. Those are the two ones I, I primarily played. That is accurate. 
A thoughtful husband in Singapore recently ended up fighting to save his marriage after buying three Pokemon plush toys as a surprise for his wife, a big Pokemon Go fan. The poor guy, known only by his handle, Featherlit, uh, on an online marketplace carousal, posted an ad on October 12th pleading with people to get three Snorlax plushies off his hands and help him save his marriage. In the item description section, he wrote how he decided to buy the adorable plush toys for his wife, as she was always talking about how cute and dumb the Pokemon character looked. So without giving it much thought, he went online and ordered three plush Snorlax figures. Featherlit was expecting to receive miniature versions of the Pokemon, but they could be that they could set on the living room coffee table as decorations. But to his surprise, the three Snorlaxes turned out to be life-sized, with each one measuring over three feet tall. Well, that was nothing compared to the shock he got when his wife flew into a rage after seeing most of their living space taken up by the huge plush toys. He was forced to put them up for sale after the spouse threatened to, quote, move back to her mom's home if he didn't get rid of them. What a bitch. Please, please, guys, buy them away before she divorces me. I will be glad to transport it to your place, the man implored in his carousal ad. I'm guessing that's their version of Craigslist. In order to salvage your marriage and your willingness to get out, to, to let go at an unacceptable price, I sacrifice myself and my room for you, bro, one user replied. If nobody is buying from you and your wife is one foot out of the door, I am willing to give up half my room space for one of these. Another posted. Although it's not clear how much uh, Featherlit paid for the three giant Snorlax toys, his asking price for each of them was 250 Singapore dollars or 180 American. That sounds insanely expensive, but I hear Singapore is not the cheapest country in the world to live in. Well, yeah, because it's primarily just a city. It's a city-state. In an update to the original ad, the desperate husband announced that all three inconvenient uh, Snorlaxes had been sold. Hey, guys, the Snorlax has been sold. Thanks, everyone. He's got a picture of it with a very thin Coca-Cola, like a 40-ounce Coca-Cola can on top of it. The thing's like taking up the entire hallway. Moral of the story, guys... The next time you want to do something nice for your wives, don't. It will probably blow up in your face. Wow, that's closer to home than you may realize. (sighs) That's the truth of it. What a bitch. What happened to saying, well, thank you, hon. That was very thoughtful, but we need to get rid of these immediately because they take up all the space. They're bigger than we are. Yes, more for the horse. We're going to have a horse guild full of horks and trolls. And, well, Torin don't need an H because they're already cows. For the horse. All of them, all the horses. An entire, uh, what the hell you, what you call it? <laughs> It's not so much a raid as it is a uh, cattle drive. <laughs> For the horse made up of Mustangs and Palmettos. And <laughs> there's the Arabians. All members of the horse. Check your spelling next time. <laughs> I meant the horde. No, I know what you meant, but it's much funnier saying for the horse. 
that there you go, folks. When Voile Vanilla comes back, we'll join the orc side. We won't call him the horde. And that will be our battle cry for the horse. <laughs> for the horse, W H O R E S. Oh, well done. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> I don't have a Samsung television. I have a sharp television. That's what we got for the show was a sharp. I mean, it's a smart TV. I mean, look, if it worked for Samsung, eventually, I'm sure Steam will put everything in, in other. Well, if they're putting the hardware in the Steam, into the Samsung televisions, then it's not simply going to be a software push for the TVs. It wouldn't make any sense because they won't have the hardware for it anyways. I don't know. I wonder if that other project they're putting them on at Blizzard, if the WoW project. Tom Chilton has been with the World of Warcraft since its launch, and it's finally being re- Assigned. No kidding. Chilton was a long history with World of Warcraft. He joined Blizzard in 2004 as a senior game designer for the MMO after years of working on Ultima Online. Well, there you go, folks. Talk about a pedigree. You worked on UO. That was the penultimate uh, MMO. 2010, with the launch of the Cataclysm expansion, Chilton rose to the position of game director. Also, never mind. I take it back because he's the one we have to blame for all this shit. Now, nearly after nearly 12 years of working on the same game, he says he's ready for something else. I'll still be here, but we're focusing on another project within the company. They have Polygon, this is from Polygon.com. Polygon reached out to Blizzard to ask if this other project was a new game or one of the six currently supported released games the developer has out. But the company declined to expand further. While we may not know what's up next, it's notable that virtually all of Chilton's nearly two decades of design experiences in massively multiplayer games. Uh, previously, Blizzard had announced Titan, which was the code name for an MMO that they canceled in 2014. Pieces of it were later salvaged and turned into Blizzard's recently released shooter, Overwatch. At the time of the cancellation, Blizzard CEO and devil Mike Morham said, I wouldn't say no to ever doing an MMO again. But I can say right now, that's not where we want to be spending our time. That's because the market's changed. Gaming has changed. Trying to get $15 a month from people for your game is just not going to work anymore. You're better off trying with the free tra- the uh, uh, free-to-play with microtransactions route that most people use. Of course, Chilton also has a lot of experience in the Warcraft universe. That IP started as a series of real-time strategy games, and fans, myself included, have been clamoring for a Warcraft 4 for years. With StarCraft II's third and seemingly final campaign out, it's possible Chilton would be shifting over to help that other team figure out what to do next with Warcraft outside of the MMO space. Or it could be something completely new entirely. I would be surprised, though, if they pulled him to put him on Warcraft 4. I wouldn't take a guy with 20 years experience MMOs and expect him to do a real-time strategy. It just wouldn't work. 
it's interesting to me, but I don't think this is anything more than the guy got bored, so now he's going to do something else. And that's fine. It makes sense. I mean, I'm sure Blizzard is working on a bunch of stuff behind the scenes. I don't think that they're idle all the time. In fact, I'm willing to bet they're not idle ever. I'm sure they've always got something in the fire, even if it doesn't pan out. Hondo says, no one can conquer Mount World of Warcraft, not even Blizzard, thus no new AAA MMOs. And I agree. I, I believe, I don't know if the genre is necessarily dead, but I think the heyday of your Allsman lines, your EverQuests, your you know World of Warcrafts is done and gone. I just don't see it ever being like it did in the heyday. It just I, I think the player base is different. You know, those of us who kind of made it popular, my generation, uh, and those are a little older than me. Obviously, we're old enough now that we're just not either playing those games or we've been there, done that. I think the millennials and those people coming up, those, those just aren't games that they prefer. I think they're into MOBAs and first-person shooters, and that's it. Because look at it. I mean, real-time strategy games. How many really good ones are out there? StarCraft Two. what else? And a lot of people would tell you that's not a very good game either. But I'm talking AAA titles that a lot of people play. There isn't one. There really isn't. Uh, name me another successful, huge MMO except for World of Warcraft. I mean, even while's uh, you know peak, you still had things like Guild Wars that was relatively successful, and you had a bunch of other smaller ones. You had Warhammer Online. You had um, what Age of Conan and Darkfall and Final Fantasy fourteen still going. They just had an expansion drop, I believe. I know Eve is working on something for the new Eve Online, but again, that's kind of a different animal. I think Star Citizen will probably be the last one of its kind. And that's even assuming it comes out and actually gets released because that thing is still having problems. It's way over budget, way uh, past the day it was supposed to be released. Didn't they have like a hundred and some million dollar budget from uh, uh, people kickstarting that thing? Epic Lurker says the Dawn of War is coming out. Yeah, Dawn of War 3 might be a good RTS again. We'll see. I, I, I'm certainly going to buy it. That's true. Hano says the only MMO that comes close to this uh, wow success is uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. Which, until you just mentioned, I forgot even existed. Uh, what's player base? What size? Let's find out. Is it even out yet? Let's see. Star Wars The Old Republic by Bioware. Let's see what the population of this is. Elder Scrolls Online. Again. All right. Population Trends Graph. That's from, These are from 2012. So this game's been out for a while. January 2016. How many people still play in 2016? This is on Reddit. I don't think this is actually going to give you a population population. I was wondering myself because I don't see much activity. Be aware of these. With cheap server transfers, many people left some servers for dead or bigger populations. 
no one knows the answer. Only Bioware, Austin, Electronic Arts do, but they're not going to tell you much. Last time they discussed quote-unquote numbers was mid-2014, and back then they said they had less than a million players logged in every month. That was in 2014. So I guess the population is probably about half that these days. Command and Conquer, and then 4 came out and shit all over the franchise. Still sad about that. Okay, but that's my point, is you don't see a whole lot of RTSs anymore. You just don't. Certainly not quality ones. No one's playing them. I'm sure you'll get a few on, on Kickstarter or Indiegogo or something where people are trying to make you know, a, a throwback to the old nostalgia you know, RTSs. But if you want to get into a competitive scene, look, it's StarCraft or it's nothing. And I know a lot of people don't like it. I didn't. I hated StarCraft too. Which is a shame because I love the first one. I got so so strong a nostalgia pull for the old Warcraft 3. I went back and started the uh, single-player campaign, which I never actually played through. And I got about, I don't know, I got two-thirds of the campaigns done and then stopped. I can go back to it. It's kind of got sidetracked. I want to play online again. I just want to play with a bunch of cheaters. I really want to call matches again. I think that's what I miss most, and I think maybe that's what's missing. It's if I was broadcasting games, doing play-by-play, because I used to love doing that. In fact, some of my games are still on uh, YouTube. I think Downware posted them. Let's see. Let's type in Warcraft 3 Emperor and see what comes up. Helps if you spell it right. There's a bit of a delay, a bit of a delag. Let's see. Um, try Warcraft 3 Emperor 1G. There we go. There's my shoutcast competition. 4v4 comp FFA by Emperor. Bay versus X Hunters by Emperor. Yeah, Downware's got them all on his channel, but there's a whole bunch of them on there. Another 4v4 uh, FFA. Crazy Assassin versus Smurfette by Emperor. Hunter 1G versus Freak. Uh, that was actually a pretty good game, too. Crazy Assassin versus the uh, Crimson King. So, yeah, there's, there's there's probably about two or three dozen of my matches on YouTube. And again, I mean, you want to, see, you want to hear old school Emperor? Those are like 2003, 2004. When I was still trying to figure stuff out, and it was pretty good back then. That was good. <laughs> there was no such thing as podcasting or shoutcasting. They didn't have names back then. I was cutting my teeth, the cutting edge of it. Because you just know, 10, 15 years from now, somebody's going to do different Smurfette. Not you. It was actually a guy. Uh, someone's going to do a documentary on how shoutcasting and podcasting got going. And I'm sure... If they do any kind of research, they'll come knock on my door. I'll be in my late 50s. What do you want? Podcasting. I'll tell you what it is. The kids today suck. Uh, I was good in my day. Uh, Roll your camera, sir. I'll tell you all about it. I need no Twitch. I can give you a picture in your mind's eye just from my description. 
You didn't have to watch it. That was was radio when radio was radio. It was radio. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Umar says, you mean back when you were young? Huh. I'll send you pictures. I will text you pictures of Jacobs Field during the World Series, you bitch. That's about as close as you're going to get to it now. Kiss the whitest part of my ass. I'm not old. I'm matured and professional. Seasoned. Like a good steak. Dry-aged. Epic like her grandpa was on the cutting edge, then fell off the train. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, somebody tweeted me on uh, on Twitter the other day that he was uh, a Warcraft 3 fan from back in the day. It was actually my Wild Guild for a while. I think it was Kanze. Let me take a look and see if I can find him. It was just a few days ago. And I was surprised because I remember the name, but I mean, Jesus, that's going to be like uh, over a decade ago. Uh, let's see, is it? Yeah, there he is, Kratzy. I think it was I think his name was Kazer when we played in World of Warcraft. So it's kind of funny to see again some of the old school guys come along and like, I didn't know you're still alive, still broadcasting. Hey, I remember your name. <laughs> One more says, No thanks. I don't need to kiss your old leathery skin. Close you'll ever kiss a dude. Jeez. That's about all I got, folks. I, I I look at the other articles. There's a few in here that are kind of interesting, but I just don't have it in me. I think this one's funny that some some woman had her tiny house stolen <laughs> from UPI.com. All right, I, I, I'm going to do this last one. A California woman was shocked when she returned from walking her dog to find that thieves have driven off with her home. <laughs> Melinda Crichton. Returned from her walk to find her 13 foot tall by 33 foot long by 8 foot wide, quote, tiny home had disappeared. I let my little dog out and I was totally shocked because my house was gone. Crichton became even more worried when calls to her landlord and local tow agencies produced no information about the location of her house. I was like, oh my God, this is serious. I don't know who did this. I have no idea. So that's what's when it got scary. Crichton eventually contacted the West Sacramento Police Department, who were baffled by the odd case. I've never heard of a tiny home theft until now, said Sergeant Roger Kinney. Certainly with house prices going up, we're hoping this trend doesn't also go up. How the hell do you hide a house? After asking about around, Crichton eventually learned from a neighbor that her home had turned up near a local market. Quote, I don't know if whoever stole it didn't have a big enough truck. I don't know if they were drunk and a few blocks away were like, wait, this actually isn't a good idea. How do you hide a house? Crichton spent about $40,000 in the home since she began constructing it in August 2013. And it cost about $50,000 by the time it was complete. This for me to live in so that I don't have to worry about rent. Funny, she just talked about a landlord. I guess I'm probably because of the uh, having to rent the land. 
I don't have to worry about mortgage. I'm a singer and a musician, so this is going to allow me to follow my passions. Police are still investigating who was responsible for stealing Crichton's home. Well, then I suggest you get like an anchor and just throw it on the ground so they can't drive off with it. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> they stole a house. They driving off somebody else's trailer. Grand theft home or breaking and entering. Which does the crime fit under? Epic Lurker, that's a good question. Which is it? <laughs> well, Your Honor, I didn't technically break in. I simply hooked it up to my truck and drove off. So I get it would be theft. Would that also make you a squatter since you're in somebody else's house? So many questions here and no answers. Oh, well. (sighs) I don't know. All right, folks. So I want to thank No Wise from Alpha Geek Radio for hosting us. If you think you can do what we do, please, I encourage you, hit hit him up. AlphaGeekRadio.com for $15 a month. You, too, can get on the airwaves, either video or audio or both. Uh, I want to thank the sexy Pikachu show contributor, Kalilu, uh, all two foot eight of her, for sending in her uh, articles and keeping the people in line in IRC. Uh, I want to thank Scrub Puppy for surviving Hurricane Matthew, not being flooded out, and being in charge of our Facebook and social media. Jay Cool, who has not been on the show in a while, but uh, the reason why is a good one. He's actually been shooting a movie here in Cleveland. Actually, he was on the set... It was funny because he sent me a, uh, a text. This is probably, I think, what, Wednesday night, Thursday? You know, it was Wednesday night. He's saying, I'm on a set with Adam Scott and Keith and uh, Donald Sutherland. We're down on 67 and Superior in the middle of the hood at 8 o'clock at night in Cleveland. He said there's a fucking rooster on the, out across the street running around some guy's neighborhood or some guy's yard. He's laughing his ass off. He's an extra in this movie. He's also released one uh, new rap video, which I actually linked on our Facebook, and has another one he's shooting right now. In fact, I was going to be in it. Uh, unfortunately, my schedule kind of mixed it up. I didn't get a chance to. Uh, so I did not, unfortunately, get a chance to attend. Uh, but he has also provided music for us, which we have used tonight. Uh, finally, I want to thank you, the listener. Folks, if it was not for you, we would not be doing this. So I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, patrons, don't forget, uh, there is a new show up for you. Uh, it went up Wednesday. It's about 50 minutes long. Check it out. See if you like it. I have a new one coming up this week on sports, sports part two. I think you'll also enjoy it. If you would like to join and get all this extra content, of which there's a lot, hit us up. Patron.com, Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Search the Emperor's Court or get it off our Facebook or Twitter. Donate your hard-earned cash to my coffers so that I put my world-conquering plans into motion. Uh, Octail will return next week with another You've Been Told. He was out sick this week with a cold. Hope he's getting better. I'm sure they get winter up there in Norway much quicker than we do down here in Ohio. I think that's pretty much it. I hope to have at least some of the cast back here next Sunday for the show. 
if not, follow us on Twitter and on Facebook and First Court to both. And I will talk to you another time, folks. Bad manners, a bit of the no manners at all. So long, everybody. <laughs>